Hello and welcome everybody to episode number nine of the Passion Podcast. We're finally back after weeks of radio silence and we're back with a very special guest. Uh, me and this guy go way back. We've been doing podcasts together for years, years. So this one's going to be a fun one. He is Jacob Philibon and today we're talking about sports. What's better than that? Jacob, how are we doing today? Uh, we're doing good, but you must have ran out of guests real quick to have me on this soon. <laughs> I was getting desperate. What can I say? I was getting desperate. Yeah, yeah. I saw, I saw you a couple of weeks just ago. Call, like, just, just, know. just call, call in the call to the bullpen there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Last, last second effort to to keep this thing rolling. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, we're talking about. No, but this is an honor to have to be on here. So. Yeah. Well, it's an honor to have you. I mean, we've, I, like I said, we've gone way back. Um, we did a ton of episodes of an Inferno Insider podcast where we talked all things sports uh, throughout our time in, in college. Uh, I don't think we had that very, that many viewers, but uh, we had a really fun time with it. Nonetheless, we had a very passionate fan base that consists of our families. Exactly. Our families loved that. They would hype us up pretty consistently about it. And we had a good time talking sports for uh, hours on end. So it was, it was a win-win for us for sure. Um, but you, sir, you're now working in the sports industry, and that's what we're talking about today. Um, and you're you're repping your Nats gear. I, I gotta say, you're repping the Nats gear. You're a Washington guy. However, you are working for the Diamondbacks. A little bit of mixed signals, but you know what? I, I respect it and I appreciate it. And we're gonna be talking about that today. And I'm really excited about it. But first, let's talk about a little about you. Who is Jacob Phillip? That is that is a deep philosophical question that I still don't know the answer to. Um, but I, I would say who is me is just a fun loving guy who is very passionate uh, about what he does. Uh, I would say one of the hardest working people, my, my passion for sports kind of started when I was young and that's just always kind of shaped who I am being a military child. is just always very disciplined not, and just kind of being able to shape who you are and kind of growing up in that facet kind of shaped me into who I am. So for me, it always kind of, when people ask who I am, I kind of go back on that and that, that experience of growing up in a military household. Hardworking, self-disciplined, but fun-loving and loves to be around people. So especially working in sports and just being around sports in general, it's all about team and community and communication. That's kind of what uh, the military family aspect. It's a big team in the military. So kind of shaped who I am, so. That, that's what I would say who I am, but I'm not, I'm not the kind of person to kind of toot his own horn. So, yeah, well, I'll do it for you. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So what, what is it that you actually studied at ASU? Obviously you went to ASU, went to the poly campus. Um, what is it that you were studying when you were there? So I went into ASU as an engineering major. A lot that of people I, don't really that know I did that. Not know. that I did yeah. Not know. So I grew up a big racing fan. So a lot of the future is electric, electric cars and all that. So I wanted to go kind of study either aerodynamics or electrical systems in order to kind of create a next generation of racing cars. Uh, Formula One's moving into hybrid technology, Lamar and all that. A lot of it's more moving to hybrid based systems because the way the world is now moving towards green emissions, net neutral, all the kind of buzzwords. So really looking into that and it really interests me. And then I realized that the way 
certain things were being taught and certain things were said by other professors kind of went like, is this really who I want to become? Is this really worth it? And to me, it was just like, well, your passion's always been sports. You're always wanting to be in the sports field ever since I was young. And really, it kind of ironically started on the golf course for me. The Poly campus is right next to Toka Sticks Golf Course. And I would play there to relieve some stress every once in a while. And it really just hit me, why, why not put your foot in the sports aspect and kind of move over to the business side and move over there? So I moved over to business and communications under the College of Integrative Sciences and Arts, so CISA. And I kind of created this path where it allowed me to focus a little bit more on sports. So I took some sports communication courses, sports business courses, a lot of different things to kind of evolve into this well-rounded individual, whether I can take the business side, I can take the communication side. I have this engineering side as well, which kind of creates this problem-solving dynamic that all engineers kind of face and kind of thrive in and kind of go into that. So I have this well-rounded thing because of my education at ASU and then leaning it on into the sports field. So I really, I'm really grateful for kind of the decisions and going to school that I did. So, so yeah, I did, I did not, you didn't know that. That's a completely new one for me. Again, we've done how many podcasts and that's the first time I'm learning this information. Um, that's super dope. That's, that's really, really cool. And, and you kind of, you found a way to kind of mix everything that you're about into into uh kind of what you're doing and, and clearly you got a vision for it which is pretty cool what kind of made you uh so you're working for the diamondbacks now what really made you i guess choose did you choose baseball is that kind of the the one avenue that was open for you what what kind of got you into that industry i mean you know me you know me pretty well mm-hmm. you know baseball for me has been a passion of mine my first vivid memory of any sporting thing was the 2001 world series i don't know why but luis gonzalez i'm sorry i'm sorry but gonzo's uh walk off in game seven right over jeter that's brutal kind of kind of rings me because my my grandparents lived in tempe so we kind of we kind of were rooting for the diamondbacks obviously the whole story of 01 the yankees and kind of that sentimental thing but the upstarts in arizona obviously kind of root for the underdog type thing and with having the local connection with my grandparents living in Tempe at the time. So growing up rooting for the Diamondbacks and then moving to Washington, D.C. So like I said, military child, we, we hit what I like to call the military version of the jackpot, which we actually stayed in the D.C. area for 15 years. Now, if anybody's a military brat knows that every three years you move. So it's, it's very hard being a military brat at times. Uh, developing kind of the social skills and everything. And in 2005, the Montreal Expos moved down to Washington. And we were we moved there two years before, and it was like, finally, I had a team, team to call my own. Not not the, the Diamondbacks who are on the other side of the country 2,000 miles away, but a team that I can support and root for. And one of my, of course, playing baseball growing up, they – they would take we would go go to games uh up there and see at old rfk stadium so mm-hmm. not to prove that i'm a bandwagon nats fan i've been to the i've been to the old the old glory the old gray whatever they want to call it rfk that is by far 
the worst stadium in the world but it's also one of the coolest uh one of my favorite sporting memories is actually that and we can get on that later on down the road but baseball has always been a passion i've played baseball for a long time i was an umpire too baseball has been a been a while and i was scrolling for through jobs one day and i was like i saw an i saw a, a thing on indeed that says uh, i think it's a street team uh, I think it was street team at the time for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I'm like, it's kind of what I do with Inferno Insiders. Might as well shoot my shot and see what happens. So I sent my application in, and then I get a phone call or an email about a couple weeks later. And meanwhile, I'm not expecting much. It's just like kind of what, what, whatever. Sure, because I'm like, why would they hire? I think I was 20 at the time. I was either 19 or 20 at the time because this was uh, 2018. So I was actually 21 at the time uh i didn't fully expect them to hire me sure enough they did uh it was hired midway through the 2018 season and immediately hit the ground running from them i was very surprised and i still am to this day that it all kind of worked out and i'm very blessed to have the career that i not really career because it hasn't really started but the the job that i do with the team because it's very grassroots so we really get to see the cool thing that I like about baseball is how it unites. So, yeah, that's kind of kind of how I got with the Diamondbacks. But other sports have been my passion too. So if the Coyotes had a job like that, or the Cardinals, or Phoenix Rising, or anybody, I would have probably jumped on that too. It was just it was just time for me to find something. Yeah, that's kind of happenstance. Yeah, yeah, no, I love that. That's, I mean, that's the point of of everything I we're doing with this podcast is to show people just just do it. I mean, like, you there's no expectation. Every job I think I've ever applied for that I've gotten, all the way back to my accounting job with PAB my sophomore year of college, I didn't think I was gonna get it, and I've never like all the way to like a job I just recently applied for, like within a promotion within my company. I had no belief that I was gonna get it, but I was like, you know what? Why not? what's the harm if you go through the process and it doesn't work out you've learned a lesson you've gone through it you get some experience out of it why not mm -hmm. and a lot of the times it ends up turning out that the situations you don't think are going to work out end up working out in, in a funny way i also wanted to say ask you this and this is completely off topic but uh what age did you umpire so i did everything 15u to 8u okay i thrived i thrived i'd say in the 12u where they're not at the 90. So, so low background. So Stafford baseball league in Stafford, Virginia hmm. is one of the biggest Babe Ruth leagues in the country. So we weren't part of the little league system. So the way, way it worked was there's like rookies, minors, majors, whatever, blah, blah, blah. So minors was on a 60 foot diamond. So think of it as what is your little league diamond, which is 10 and 10 you. And then you have majors, which is on a 70-foot diamond, which is something I don't think Little League does. Um, and then if you're 13, they call it prep ball because you're about to go into high school. So it's on the full 90-foot diamond. I would do anywhere from 15U down to down to 10U. And let me tell you, the 10U games were probably the hardest ones to umpire. They're intense. No. They can't hit the strike zone. <laughs> Well, that that's a problem too. Uh, so literally, and anybody who's a baseball guy will know this. So strike zones normally letters, knees, chalk, uh, mm -hmm. black line, black line. Obviously, depending on the umpire, it kind of flexes. 
my my strike zone for the 10U because they're just starting learning how to pitch. It's the first time playing kid pitch. No more coach pitch, no more machine pitch, no more T-ball. So my strike zone was literally neckline, mid-shin, chalk line, chalk line. If it's close, you better swing because I'm calling it a strike. <laughs> so if like people would come in like, and this is 10, you of course, you're going to get the parents to argue. It's like the biggest thing is it's, it's about making the game go fast. Cause at that, at that age, if they don't swing nine times out of 10, they're probably getting a walk. Yeah. They're not hitting the strike zone. So I'm just like, it's about trying to get these kids to pitch and hit. But I will say, I really love doing the 12 U, 12 U games at the 70 foot diamond because it's, it's like, it's a lot more high paced because they're getting better, but it's kind of that little league where it's the smaller diamond, which I think is pretty cool, but it's a little bit bigger. Mm, gotcha, gotcha. I did a little bit of umpiring and I, I think I did, I think mine was coach pitch, but man, were those parents brutal on you? I mean, if you missed yeah. the call, they would go off. And I was like, have, have you ever, have you ever tossed anybody? <laughs> I think I did once. Yeah. <laughs> it felt good. It felt pretty good. One time it felt pretty good. I was like, yo, I can't handle you anymore. Like you, I, I, you gotta relax. I, I, These kids are like totally six years that. old. Yeah. But, uh, there's no limit. Awesome. Well, all right, let's keep moving. Uh, as much as I want to continue to talk about umpiring. <laughs> we, um, we could get like, some Vietnam flashbacks. That could be a yeah, whole separate yeah, podcast a right whole there. Another podcast about the passions of umpiring. <laughs> but, uh, all right, Jacob. Um, so talk me through kind of what you currently do with the job with the Diamondbacks uh, and, and building on that. What what's the goal for you? What What is what is the trajectory look like if, if you kind of have an idea of that? So really, I actually have my foot in two doors. So for a lot of people that know me, my other passion is golf. <laughs> so I actually currently work a few jobs. Uh, one as at the Diamondbacks. So I'll kind of because I'll kind of go into that one first because that was uh, kind of the root of the question. Uh, so my official job is fan loyalty. So we kind of see the, oversee the day-to-day operations of the, uh, Diamondbacks kids club, which is a free program put on by the Arizona Diamondbacks. So rewards kids are coming out to ball games, 15 and under every single time they come, they get a prize where it can range from a Nick Gomez poster from game one, all the way to a, a Phoenix suit ticket, to a cereal bowl, to a wristwatch, to a kids club baseball. It's really cool. And of course, with the 2020 season not happening, it was kind of sad because we, we had this really, really cool crew. And in 2021, we downsized the crew and went to a new location, and it's all contactless. So the interaction with the kids isn't isn't what it used to be. But it's still pretty damn cool walking into Chase Field knowing that you're getting paid to, to work a baseball game and knowing that you have a badge that says Arizona Diamondbacks on it and knowing that you are an employee of that team and you represent that team doesn't matter about those. It, it matters about those nine players on the field, but it's everyone else wearing red and black around the stadium. That's pretty cool. And being a part of that team is really freaking cool. Um, even though I'm wearing a Washington national shirt right now, it's a, uh, it's pretty, it's pretty cool. So that, that's, that's what I do for them. Uh, so I, I love it. I love seeing the, the faces of all the kids because you really make a difference in their in their experience because it's all about the game day experience. And you know, being part of the of the Sun Devil Athletic Committee, it's all about game day experience. It doesn't matter if they win or lose on the field. It's all about the game day experience. Uh, as far as my other passion in golf, I'm a club fitter. 
I love fitting clubs. Kind of going back to that engineering mindset of solving problems and helping people out. So golf clubs in general aren't a one size fit all thing. I'm six two. Tyler, you're you're five eleven, six foot, right? Yeah, let's put me a six foot. I like that. Six foot. <laughs> I got you. Uh, we we probably won't play the same equipment, and we don't. It's all about having something custom made for you, and being able to help someone's game progress. Because a, a lot of people use golf as a stress relief, as an enjoyment, as a recreational activity, especially during the past past twelve to fourteen months under lockdown and quarantine and covid craziness the golf courses have stayed open so golf has been crazy business helping people enjoy this sport a little bit more has been very cool and of course just getting a new job with uh one of the biggest companies in callaway golf is pretty 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 cool as well yeah i I appreciate the response very much and i appreciate even more you calling me six foot that is the one and only time anyone's ever going to do that but that's very 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 kind of you um i think you're sitting down nobody can tell anyways (laughs) yeah that's right i'm behind i'm in a camera right now we're good i think uh you know one of the best things you said is that the idea that sports is all about the experience when you work in the industry um you know and i have the experience working on the college side it's it's all about the experience you can provide for people outside of the diamond outside of the field outside of you know the pitch whatever it may be because you're in a very difficult position where you have to be able to create something that is not dependent on the quality of the team because there are a lot of bad teams out there or there are teams that are going to have some bad years and new york yankees are one of them right now thank you for the reminder when you have a team when you have have a team that i believe is now six and ten um you're gonna have if you're gonna you're gonna have issues bringing people to the ballpark. And Southburn, those are rare. I know, I know. Well, I have to. I mean, this it's it is what it is. It's been a rough decade. That's one for me. all you Brooklyn Nine Niners out there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love it. Well, yeah. I mean, that point being, it's a uh, that that's one of the fun parts of the industry. It's one of the stressful parts for people listening and thinking about you know being a part of it. And, and that's something I learned throughout, like I was, a, my, one of my majors was sports business. And the constant thing we learned is how do you make the experience regardless of the record, you know, and that's huge. That's, it's hugely important. And if you can figure that one out, if you can figure and people have, and if you figure out a way to create an experience that a team that's in the basement um, can be an enjoyable experience for people, you're, you're, you're hitting a gold mine. So. And I think that's honestly talking about the Arizona Diamondbacks. I think that's a pretty cool thing to see because the Diamondbacks aren't going to be the perennial favorites every year. They play in the division with the Los Angeles Dodgers. But the thing is with the Diamondbacks, what I really like seeing is kind of just the growth in the grassroots community. It's not just the, well, now it's 22,000 in the, in the seats at Chase Field because of uh, social distancing, keeping everybody safe. But before us, the 49,000 that would come, it's about the people who might be turning on to the television and watching and having that connection. It's, it's, and kind of the, the fan loyalty side is about creating those connections. And the Diamondbacks, like I said, aren't ever going to be a team that are going to be contending for the pennant every single year. Yes, they've had the success in the past, but seeing that team i much rather i think it's cooler working for a team like the arizona diamondbacks than it is the los angeles dodgers because they're going to know the product on the fields what it is but the diamondbacks those are the fans that want to go because they're wanting to have a good time 
they're not they don't care win or lose and that's where the job of the fan of loyalty and everybody who wears red and black on the a team yes that's what we're called we're a team because you know we're the a team it's just it really makes the job worth it and seeing everybody's experience on the ballpark i would agree i think that's it's challenge. I think it's more challenging for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, not to say that a job working with a team that's very good is not challenging, but it, it comes with its own separate challenges. You know, mm-hmm. I think that there's, uh, you know, there's, there's definitely a difference to it. Um, but, but it is a lot of fun and the challenge and that's part of working in the industry and, and all of that. So, uh, well, awesome. Let's see. What is you, you wanted me to go off the cusp. So I'm trying to come up with an off the cusp moment here. Give me a favorite memory. Give me a favorite person you've met um, during your time working in the sports industry, a memory of a famous person, whatever it may be. Let's wow our audience for a moment and really take them into what it looks like to, to be you. I actually have two. Oh, I have perfect. two and it's the same person. Uh, so I'm going to go on a little side note before I'm going to build it up, build some suspense, you know, at least leave the morning yeah. more. Uh, <laughs> uh, so the cool thing is the Dynavacs really reward their staff. They really do. Um, so I was lucky and blessed to be employee of the month with the Diamondbacks. And I was also lucky and blessed to be employee of the year. What they do is they have a, so if you're employee of the month, they kind of each department puts a person together or whatever, blah, blah, blah. And they take you on the field and do a pregame ceremony. So you're on the field pregame and they kind of put you on the jumbotron and i don't know if you've ever i mean you've obviously been to chase field but if you've ever been to chase field the jumbotron is huge like it's it's one of the biggest in the majors and you're small like my my face is just your small person in a big screen and i got to meet Catel Marte and archie bradley because of it but i also met luis gonzalez i've actually met him three times the first time was in the 2018 season i was kind of a not not a rookie but like kind of was like my third week or whatever working there and we're going out collecting sponsorship awareness service so i'm going up to people going hey do you know what the official soft drink of the arizona diamondbacks is do you want a magnet because you answered it they're like sure whatever blah 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 it's fun because you kind of walk around talk to people blah blah but on the elevator ride up because I was on the lower concourse, I needed to get to th- uh, the upper concourse where where we were, uh, Kids Club was at at the time. And it stops at the, the elevator. I get on, and the elevator stops at the press level. I'm like, okay. In eh. walks Luis Gonzalez. In an elevator. This is my elevator story. So he's like, hey, how are you? And me, this is like one of my first sporting heroes. I'm just like, hi, hi, hi Gonzo, how are you? He's like, I'm great. Uh, well, he asked me first, and I'm just like, it's just one of those moments where it's just like, that's one of your childhood heroes and Luis Gonzalez. And you're just like, what am I doing? So my second Gonzo story is actually even cooler. So ironically, where Kids Club is now at the stadium, section 125, if you ever want to come see me, it was Dutch Bros. I'm sorry, people who haven't been to the stadium. Dutch Bros is gone. I'm sorry. It's not my fault. But I would get there early enough sometimes because I like because military rat. I'm always 15 minutes early. You know that if there's a call time for a podcast that was three something, I was there at 2:45, normally with payway in my hand. Every time, mm-hmm. every time. Uh, Mongolian beef, rice, no mushrooms, soy sauce, done. 
and he would he literally it was one time and Gonza literally went I got all of them there's about a line of 15 of us at Dutch Bros at the stadium and Gonza was like I got all of them just casually whips out I think either a 50 or 100 pays and I was like there's the rest is your tip so oh, the wow. the people at Dutch Bros obviously were like what because I don't think I think the fifteen drinks plus his probably cost about forty bucks. Yeah, because it's Dutch Bros, and then the, he gave the rest. It was like a sixty dollar tip or something. But I will say that's pretty cool. Uh, working at the superstore as at the at the store I work at, being a golf fitter, uh, as well as with Callaway, I met Alice Cooper. Uh, he's he's a very nice guy. Very short though, bigger than life, bigger bigger than life personality. But uh, yeah, so uh, not six feet tall like I am. Yeah, I get it. uh, No, but I will say that got (laughs) (laughs) that that Luis uh, Gonzalez story though is one of those that I will I will hold on for the rest of my life because like he is he's one of the nicest people uh, that you'll ever meet. I mean, I know a lot of people are going to say a lot of a lot of things, but like to me, every single time that I meet him, that he's 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 very genuine and very nice person. That's awesome. That is super super cool, and I think that's that's a part of you know the job and a part of being in the sports <laughs> industry is you get moments like that, and they're very cool and they're things you cherish. I would I would recommend to anyone again with my experience in it, don't don't get into the industry because you want those moments. And I know you know you know that very well. That's obviously not why you're there, and anyone watching or listening can tell that's that's not why you're there for the for those moments or to meet famous people but it's a part of what you do and you realize those those people those athletes um you know they're human they are here they're just like us they get dutch bros they get on elevators they do those things they are human and and you have those interactions with them which i think is very very cool and uh and you get to see that you know it's it's a business it's become an, a huge business but at the core of it those are those are human beings um and, and it's cool to get to see and i i got to experience it with college athletes working and and that was a very interesting experience getting to see the human side of college athletes uh, and i think for college people in general i think you get to see college you know you're, you get to see these sometimes bigger than life football players, basketball players, you know, volleyball players, hockey players, hockey players. Well, like Johnny Walker walking around camp. Yeah, it's, you know, it's, yeah, it's like, I'd say that's a student, you know, I'm older than that guy. I work. I like, I, he's, I a, know. He's, a, he's a sophomore. I'm a junior. Like what? Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> Extremely. But uh, you know, that's, that's a part of it. That's part of working in the industry. And uh, it's, it's a cool, it's, it's one of the cool parts for sure. Um, all right. What is, uh, we've talked about some of the highs. Let's talk about, let's talk about a lower too, because people got, you, know, you have to have a reality check. It's not all oh, yeah. rainbows and give me some of the, you know, one or two, the challenging parts, um, of, of being part of, of what you do and, and working in sports in general. So 2020, the year the world shut down, the year the gates, the stadiums were closed. Uh, so this February something, uh, pre everything shutting down, we had our annual Dimebacks Fan Fest. Not a care in the world. Obviously, we kind of heard, I think, at that time of this whatever uh, situation that was brewing in, in China that was kind of making its way around, but obviously nobody thought of anything about it. Um, so there's a bunch of people at the ballpark. I actually ran into our good friend Joey. 
and his girlfriend because they 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 bought season tickets there uh and i was like we're ready for the season because the team was coming back together the 2019 squad was had a few new additions and we were going to be rocking and rolling for 2020 we were so excited and then what march 14th pretty much right that's the day that's the day. Everything shuts down. Rudy Gobert test positive. Tom Hanks test positive. I remember that day very vividly. I remember exactly where I was. I was in the uh, PGA Tour Superstore talking to my friend Tyler. Tyler, if you're listening, shout out. Uh, but we were we were getting ready to have a our pre uh, season orientation at the ballpark and it was that orientation like it doesn't it's i know it's the word orientation it's also ooh, so official whatever it's actually really cool like you sit in the boardroom at chase field which is honestly one of the fanciest rooms i've ever been in seats are super comfortable and like you kind of go learn some stuff blah 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 so yeah it's still an orientation but you get free food and you get to sit in a major league boardroom where decisions are made that's pretty cool um and obviously, uh, it got delayed, and we're like, ah, we're going to hold off, blah, blah, blah. It's probably not safe, yet, yada, yada, yada. And then middle of April rolls around. Obviously, opening day got postponed, blah, blah, blah. So we as a team trying to keep close, and obviously, like, what a lot of people did with turn to Zoom meetings kind of – we did our, our team happy hours and quiz nights like we always did. We Our team was big into trivia. Like, we, we had a – we had a, a little thing called Big Quiz Energy. That was that was our that was our team name. So shout out BQE. Uh, but it was a five minute Zoom call, saying uh, obviously there's been some hard decisions, and the Kids Club program, the Fan Loyalty Department, have been uh, kind of postponed, and you guys are now no longer employees of the Arizona Diamondbacks. Uh, we thank you for everything you've done. Blah blah blah. No further questions. Five minutes. Like that. Dream's gone. And obviously it's the pandemic. But for me, wanting to work in sports, that day kind of was like, is this, it kind of, it kind of was a, not a reality check, but almost like a gut check. Like more of, is this really want to be, want to be a part of? Because obviously that early on, we don't know how long it's going to last. It's a competitive industry to get in. It is if you if you think about it, thirty major league franchises, thirty-two NFL franchises, thirty NBA franchises, and thirty-one NHL franchises. Those are what one hundred twenty-three major big four sports teams. You got to think their staffs aren't super big, so it's a super competitive industry to get into. And I had my door open, and it was just all of a sudden slam shut. And I did not know what I wanted to do. I did not know. For me, being such a positive person, the negatives really get to me. Like, I deal with a lot of personal stuff where I remember a lot more negative stuff more vividly than I do positive stuff. I think that's just who I am. That's why when I, I, that's why I hold the cards close to my chest on a lot of things. Like, obviously, you didn't know I was an engineering major. Well, there's some side things where it's just like, hey, didn't do so well in engineering. Obviously, losing a passion for it kind of 
is a side thing. So I hold a lot close to my chest. And realizing what am I going to do with my life? I was graduating in a month and a half. I didn't even know at the time if I was walking because obviously they didn't say anything whether or not I was going to walk. All we know is we were going to do Zoom classes for a couple weeks after spring break and go from there. My life got flipped, turned upside down. And I'm not trying to be the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air here, but it, it was just a gut check at that time. And I just, even to this day, I'm like, how did it get so, so flipped? And like that, obviously that's the way the world works. That's the way life works. Obviously, like I'm, I'm a very faithful person. I think God has a plan for me. And I was just trusted in that. So realizing that plan, knowing that that door would hopefully open up again and just kind of remain positive in that light. See the emotion in that. Yeah. That's, that's pretty powerful stuff. I mean, yeah, we, it's, uh, it's life. It's what, that's as yeah. you said, you know, it's it for, for some people and for you in particular, obviously with, with the industry you were in and, and with what you were doing, um, you graduated at a, probably the worst possible time in history. I mean, it, oh, when, you, you would think, right? <laughs> you would think with, with the trying to get into the sports industry, 2020, probably the worst graduating year you could possibly ask for. And, yep. um, I, yeah, I mean, it's, I, I understand that I'm on my side working in higher education and all that, everything got turned upside down. I, I had a plan. I had a vision. I knew exactly where I was going. I knew what I was doing with school and had all these internship opportunities and in one email from Michael Crow and it was all gone and it was all over, you know, and to be clear, this is not Michael Crow's fault. I'm just saying that was the moment I knew, you know, everything. Love or hate him. It was his yeah, fault. Love, love you, Crow. And, and I, um, you know, got pictures with him and all. love the guy. Yeah. That selfie is iconic. Iconic. One of my best, one of my best pictures. And, um, you know, it's, but that's, that is, that is life. And I think we've all learned quite a bit and to your credit too, you've clearly bounced back and, and you're, you're getting back into it as the sports industry is getting back. And that's, that's a lesson to be learned for this industry. It's a lesson to be learned for anything is you are going to fall down, especially in the sports industry. And I, I was taught this so often, there's not a lot of jobs. <laughs> and if you think about like every person that walks into a sports business class says, I want to be the general manager of a franchise. Well, guess what? There's like a hundred and it's only 123. Yeah, there's 123 general manager positions. And there's a heck of a lot more people just in my graduating class in sports business. If you, so, if you think about some of the classes at ASU, like let's take an accounting class for a second. At what, what, what is that? What's that hall that we all kind of take it with the Starbucks? Doesn't matter. You, you, we, if you, if you go to ASU, yeah, no. yeah, yeah, you, oh, BAC, BAC. it's the BAC, it's BAC. We all know that lower level classroom, it sits about 300. So if you think about that entire room goes in thinking they want to be the general manager of whatever class or whatever team, there's only spots for half of them. And you got to think, you got to multiply that times every other school in the country. It's what the top point oh 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 one. I learned real quick that the GM position might not be the one, but you can still make a difference in the sports teams. Exactly. 
absolutely. And you gotta, you gotta understand that. Uh, you gotta understand there's a lot of hard work involved with it. There's going to be a lot of lows. There's going to be jobs that you don't get just like with anything. You're going to have bad moments. Life might flip on you in an instant. Things happen. Um, you know, and, and you have to learn how to be able to bounce back. Um, you know, and that's a life lesson. Like let yourself feel that, let yourself feel the, the pain of failure more or less, because we all have to go through that. And when the sports industry more than anything, I mean, it's, it's on the level of the actual games, <laughs> every team, but one fails every single year. Right. And, and that's, it's the same thing with people working in the industry. You're going to fail a lot. And that's part so- of it. Yeah, I was gonna say, if especially me being the sports guy, there's a there's a person, an athlete that I kind of look up to, love him or hate him, Tyson Fury, the boxer, very open about mental health, very open about mental health issues, and obviously if people know me know I I deal deal with some of the stuff that he does. I'm not gonna go into that, but if you watch that Deontay Wilder, the first one, took a right hook in the tenth and I think the twelfth round and got straight back up. That's how it has to be. If you're going to succeed, you're going to take those right hooks, but it's whether or not you get right back up and face it right back again. Let's take it head on. Wow. Couldn't say it better myself, and that is so very accurate. And we, this is what this podcast is all about raw the highs the lows there are highs there are lows with anything you do and we want to be realistic about that because if you don't understand both you're not going to be prepared and you're going to think you know and it's all sunshine and rainbows but there the sports industry has so much good to give and if you are if you're i think there's a couple of different things i mean if you're a lover of sports uh, that's one thing uh, that doesn't mean that you should be you that that the sports industry is the place to go, but um, but you'll you'll understand that. And I guess my biggest piece of advice, and I'm going to ask for yours here in a moment, is just put yourself out there, like we've been talking about. Experience what it looks like early on. Go volunteer for a team. Go try, you know, go try being a part of something. You know, there there are ways to do it, even at a younger age. There are ways to be around that and to try and experience that and stuff like that, so that you can see what it's like because it's very different than you might expect um what it's like working in the industry and and all that the 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 times that you work too like you're gonna have weird hours and all sorts of things and for a lot of people they love that i mean they thrive off of that that's that's fun to them that's exciting for others they're like "Eh, i'd rather enjoy sports and watch sports um you know so there's there is a difference between loving sports and loving working in the sports industry um but that being said with my experience working in it, and I know you feel the same way about this, I adored every minute of it. And I think it was an incredible experience for me. Um, you know, I got so much out of it. I learned to be quick on my feet. I mean, it's exciting. It's very exciting, depending on the jobs you're doing. Uh, you know, it can be very fast paced and especially during the games, all the behind the scenes stuff. So it's fun. It's exciting. And, and if you're looking for that, it, it, it might be an avenue you, you want to explore. All right, Jacob, I got, a, I got the question I always ask. You're a passionate guy, clearly. Anyone who's watched this can tell. I know. We've been friends for a while. <laughs> what is passion to you? What is passion to me? I just love asking. Every <laughs> time I ask this question, there is an awkward five to ten <laughs> seconds of great <laughs> silence. And I love I, it. I feel, I feel like whoever edits this should just put like a like a Jeopardy timer in between, like or something, just like. A little timer in the corner. Like, like, mm-hmm. uh, 
what is what is passion to me? It's finding something you love and going for it. For me, like I said, and like we've we've been focusing a lot on the Diamondbacks, and that's something that I'm really passionate about. But a lot of people don't know how much I am very passionate about golf. Like I'm I'm such a big golfer and working in the golf industry, having my foot in two doors. But passion is working for something towards something and never giving up. That I know that's gonna be someone said, Oh, he said determination, but no, that's passion. One of one of my bosses, so I, I worked for Cobra sees the passion that I have for the golf industry and helping people. It's not the actions that you do. It's the actions you show. It's not your words. It's what you show. That's passion. It's, it's never what you say. It's what you do. That is passion. You can be passionate about anything. If you set your mind to it, just don't go out there and say, Hey, I'm passionate about this. Show it. That's, that's how I would say, that's what, how I would say passion is. One of the biggest compliments was from my old boss Burns, saying, seeing how passionate I am out on the driving range, helping people out, fitting them up for the right equipment, having people see the passion that I have at the Diamondbacks, seeing, saying hi to the kids that come up, saying hi and seeing, seeing what I can do to help, finding a way to say yes, doing the things that I know will help me succeed, showing it, not just saying it, showing it. That's passion. Is that a passionate enough answer for you? <laughs> I got to get that on a t-shirt right now. <laughs> don't, don't say you're passionate. Show you're passionate. That mm-hmm. is such a powerful line. And that is so true. Um, wow. It's so easy to say you're passionate about something. It's so, it's so much harder to, to show it. Um, and I, you know, you're doing a merch line for the podcast. You can have that. That's, I'll take royalties that's the later. Yeah, <laughs> I'll give you part <laughs> of the royalties on that one. You know me. I'm a talker right now. I'm a little bit speechless on that one. That was very good. So I'm just going to go me. ahead. Yeah, that's an accomplishment to get me this quiet. So congratulations. I'm just going to move forward with the final question of the night, Jacob. And I, I already answered it myself. But what's a, one or two pieces of advice? Someone's thinking about the sports industry in general thinking about going down that route what's a couple pieces of advice what's a few things you would say to them if they're standing in front of you work hard that's that's the obvious work hard realize that you're not going to go out there and make 50 grand a year immediately off the bat for anyone who knows me they know i work three jobs they know how hard it can be for me the sacrifices you make my friends would go hey do you want to go play golf do you want to go grab a beer do you want to I have to say no, because I'm trying to make a success, a full living for myself later on down the road. It's not going to be an overnight thing. You, like going back to the general manager thing, no one's going to hire a 22 year old kid unless you're the Toronto Maple Leafs hiring hiring Kyle Dubas, right? Like or at 36 years old. But that's that's an analytical thing. We can bounce upon that later. But you're not going to make it big overnight. No one gets drafted straight into the major leagues right out of high school. They work their way up from single A to double A to triple A all their way up. It could be a meteoric rise. You could shoot, but it's going to be a long, hard, steady climb. Embrace the grind. I know that's a Sun Devil football quote, but ETG, embrace it. Embrace the grind. You're going to have days where you're going to want to quit and want to go, is is this worth it? 
embrace the grind, embrace the hustle, and you're going to make it. I mean, that's that's all. That's if you just embrace that, good things people will see that, and good things will happen to you. But you just gotta embrace the grind. It's not gonna be a meteoric rise. Just embrace the grind. And you have now helped me come up with my second line of merch, Embrace the Grind. Uh, I think Sun Devil Football might already have a copyright on that, so I'm sorry for that, bud. <laughs> dang, dang. Well, it's a good one, and uh, it's an uh, unbelievably strong point. Um, and I think that's a, it's a great reality check for people. It's a great industry to be a part of, but expect to grind. Expect to make sacrifices. And with passion at all... When you're pursuing your passion, a lot of the times it comes with sacrifice. And that's part of showing your passion and not saying your passion is embracing it and allowing yourself to be okay with those sacrifices. And uh, you're a textbook case of that. So, uh, Mr. Philbon, Mr. Philbon, any last words of wisdom? You've you've dished out so many words of wisdom tonight. Any other things (laughs) you'd like to leave our audience with? You you packed it all into this one podcast. Uh, well, first off, I'd like to thank you for having me on once again. It was fun. It's always fun just talking to you. It doesn't matter what we're talking about. It's always a blast. Always um, a pleasure. But one last thing is I would say just, just go out there and find something you love. I mean, just it, be passionate. Do it. Go out there. Have fun. Just Just go. Just go do it. Just do it. Just go do it. So we can embrace the grind, embrace the grind. Just go do it. Don't show, don't say you're passionate, show you're passionate. This guy's literally on board. This guy's literally just throwing out phrases like, like it's candy. Um, Jacob Philibon, the man, the myth, the legend. Uh, love your bro. It's been an absolute honor to have you on the show. Um, and, and to watch all the cool things you're doing. I'm excited to see the future of it. Can't wait to get some VIP passes to games as you move up. Uh, oh, you know I got you. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm counting on it. I am. I am indeed. Uh, thank you all for watching episode number nine of the Passion Podcast. It has been fun. Uh, I appreciate all of you. I swear we have more content coming soon, so stay tuned. We have a lot of really big announcements. Um, But for now, stay tuned. If you have some interest, if anything you heard today sparked something in you, reach out to us. Mr. Philbon over here is very interested in talking to you. I'm sure he would love to talk for hours about the industry. So if you have interest, we got the resources for you. We got people. We know people. Reach out to us, and and we'll be more than happy to connect you and and talk to you more about it. But again, Jacob, thanks for coming on. Thank you all for listening. Thanks for having me. Thank you. It's been a pleasure, as always. This has been episode number nine of the Passion Podcast, and we will see you very soon.